Oh, Tom, you silly goose. I think you muted your... I don't know if that's what you meant to do, but we're recording. We're live, goddammit. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Uh, welcome to bantering... What is it? What do we call this? Off the post? Off the start. post. Good start. Ting! Yeah, off the post. What about tank? Uh, yeah, uh, Mike's back, and as you can tell, I have immediately become an anchor on this this wonderful cruise ship uh, straight to your heart. Uh, and it's time for some questions, Tom. I think we have one patron, but before we do that, I want to announce a little bit of business that I overlooked announcing um, on the flagship show, which is a little little raise my glass to you. Uh, Tom was recently promoted to deputy managing editor at Blue Shirt Banner, which puts him on the same level as me, which means I've got to look over my shoulder now. Um, his stock is rising, so congrats on the, uh, the recognition, Tom. Why, thank you. And, uh, you know, if Joe wasn't on the hot seat uh, already, uh, I'm coming for you, Joe. You may, may not know it, but maybe now you do that. I just announced it. And that's that's dangerous because someone who tells you they're coming for you, that's the, that's the person you got to look out for. Indeed. Um, but, yeah, like you said, we have questions, and... I have one from uh, a patron, and for all those who are subscribed to the patron, thank you very much. And those who aren't, uh, get on it. It's great, and uh, you, you can, can support. It, but we still love you. Oh yeah, I mean, if you can't, you know, it's cool. But if you can, you know, every little, you know, dollar here, dollar there, um, helps out me and Mike, and uh, we appreciate it. And there, one of those, what, should we create a PO box and have people send us like fruit snacks and? And hockey cards and crap like that? I don't know. I'll think about that. Or we could do maybe something for like the summer. Like something like fun. Like almost like, uh, hey, we're going to put stuff in a... Oh, man. I'm going to talk to you about this offline because I just actually had a pretty fun idea. All right. Well, yeah. I'll stop holding up our question. Go ahead. So, like you said, you can become a patron and you can ask and questions like this and get them read at the beginning. Tall Guy Rob, hello, esteemed hosts. How do you see the defense ultimately shaking out next year now that Brady Shea has been traded? Do you see Miller and or Lundquist being given a shot to make the team in 2020-2021? Thanks. Love the podcast. Well, thank you, Tall Guy Rob. We love you too. I love you too, Tall Guy Rob. You're so tall. You're a guy named Rob, too. Uh, so I think Mike will agree that both of these fine prospects have a chance for next year. Uh, I think Lundquist is the one who is closer because Miller has every reason to want to stay in college at least another season, although his situation could change. But, yeah, um, I would say that... The defense on the right will probably remain as is with uh, at least Jacob Truba and Adam Fox. I definitely think that Tony D'Angelo is not a given to come back. Uh, I think that, if anything, they might uh, you know, punt a bit, if anything, and sort of see how Fox does because if they're going to spend big in the next few years on a defenseman, I think it'll be uh, Fox. Um, I would love to see them move on from Mark Stahl, although I don't see it happening. Uh, and then in that case, they would try to move Smith. So 
that would involve them bringing in another defender through whether it's through trade or free agency. But um, TLDR, it's going to be a much different look on the blue line. It's going to be Truba. It's going to be Fox. It's going to be D'Angelo. I think it's going to be Smith. Actually, I'm not sure if it's going to be Smith. It's hard to get rid of Brennan Smith, though. But, so I think he'll stick around as the seventh D. And then you're going to have Ryan Lindgren. You're going to have Mark Stahl. We're not going to get away from Mark Stahl. And then you're going to have a kid, and I'm leaning towards that being Nils Lundqvist, which means I think it is not unlikely that we'll see the Rangers try D'Angelo on his offside. Uh, but that depends a lot on monies and contracts and things like that. It's The balance of everything is really fascinating. Um, what the hell Libor Hayek's future is is really interesting. What the hell Igor Rikov's role in things is also super interesting because, you know, Ryan Lindgren is kind of... he's It's his job to lose stuff. Um, especially on that left side where things are a little crowded. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, crowded in terms of the young guys who are bidding for spots, not necessarily the right side is where it's actually crowded with Truba, Fox and D'Angelo, depending on the next contract. But yeah, it's, I think this is one of those things where obviously we have to wait and see what the hell happens with particularly D'Angelo and whether or not the Rangers can get away from Smith or you know do they just say fine he'll be the 13th forward we only have to pay him one more year fuck it um it'll be interesting to me I like the I like the idea of of the kids and keeping Lindgren and Fox together because they've been really fun Shana wrote a great article about that recently um and um I would just like Jacob Truba to have a stronger season next season, but you have to ask yourself who the hell he's going to play with. Yeah, and I think that they'll figure that out during the summer, and who knows, maybe they change up the coaching staff, um, a.k.a. Lindy Ruff, and uh, it's a different look uh, going forward. We shall see. Um, is it my turn now, Tom? It is. From Andrew McNitt. Assuming a right D is a move to lefty, who do you think is a good outside acquisition for lefty one over the next few years? Who makes sense based on cost of acquisition and potential availability? Example, Campus Lindholm from a rebuilding Ducks. So the problem here, Tom, I'll start us off, is the Rangers won't have any goddamn money. Yeah. That's the, uh, unless they're moving out some money which and again it's it's tough because you don't want to immediately block someone so it's it, it's almost like you'd be def- getting a, an established piece that doesn't have a lot of term although i guess in this hypothetical Lindholm just turned 26 in january so it's it's someone in the same like age range as, as Jacob Truba from a uh, reason to acquire and, and keep around perspective, but that's a tough question and one that I'm I'm actively looking at um, because I think that there's probably players out there who are like in the situation that Truba were in where they've sort of um, out 
live their situation and if the Rangers are looking to maybe do a swap of prospects or swap of young players, whether it's like we talked, maybe Elias Anderson, Brett Howden, um, you know, combination of things with draft picks. There certainly um, could be something uh, to, to do over the summer via trade, um, but I don't have anyone in mind um, as of right now. It's really tough. Um, you know, with next year's market in particular, I, I just know from doing the research on uh, an article I wrote about Jesper Faust and whether or not he was like a luxury the Rangers couldn't afford. Unless you move out, like Tom was saying, unless you move out some some salary cap, like you can't, there's just not going to be the room to make something happen. Um, especially if you're looking specifically, right, Tom, for like that top pair guy. Like if you want a guy who can play 20 minutes a night, it's going to be hard. Um, to find that in free agency. Um, like, I don't know, maybe a 38-year-old Andy Green. You can see if he'll, you know, depending on how everything goes. I know he just got hurt, so I don't know. It's tough, man. Um, it's just there won't be a lot of options there. It's just, The thing that is most interesting to me with that is whether or not the Rangers could consider something like you know, a deal where they move Strom or potentially move, you know, Strom and Georgiev is kind of like a package to to address that. You know, is kind of like, could you find a roster player? Because that's what we're talking about here, right? We're a guy to join the roster that's not just a kid on an ELC. So, you know, it's something better than a Freddie Clayson. You know what I mean? A guy who maybe is technically more of a second pair guy, but you'll play him on the first pair. Um, which is what the Rangers just kind of got away from with Brady Shea. But it's just so tough to me looking at the the upcoming free agent market. I don't yeah. see anyone, I don't see anyone, Tom. Yeah, and I think that we'll learn more after the season and how they um, decide to, to go because I, I would think that they would want to have an idea of who they're moving on from before the draft so that they can open up cap space and they have the flexibility to make trades at the draft floor. Um, so yeah, I guess for now it's they'll play out the rest of the season and maybe it's a situation of we're seeing if in their eyes, Strom is someone they want to keep around is um, how does D'Angelo finish the year um, and some other players on the roster too. And if they do move them before signing RFA deals or they move people that have some term, then that creates space to um, get creative. Speaking of Strom, Tom, from Tyler Moore, was this past home and home with the Flyers proof that if the Rangers, I'm sorry, that if Strom is the Rangers' second best center going into next season, they can't be true contenders? Yeah, I don't think they're true contenders if Ryan Strom is their number two center um, because I think something that it's been, I don't want to say like, um, the way I'm phrasing it now is a problem or it's something that's become more apparent is that when with Kreider out, you've had Heedle on the wing. So then it really, it limits the team's ability to have centers who drive play. Um, and Strom 
for as good as offensive numbers he's put up this year, like he's not a guy who drives possession. And um, there are times where you're going to play better opponents and you got to be able to grind it out and you got to be able to create offense. And he's a guy who's, you know, benefited this year, uh, been a little bit lucky. So I think he's fine as a number three center, but I don't think he's ever going to be that with the Rangers. And that's why I think isolating him from Panarin and seeing what he is without him and then seeing what you have in Heedle, that makes it much more um, easier to spin from a cost perspective because if you have your number one center right now in Zibanejad who's making under $6 million, then you have your temporary second line center um, on your on an ELC still, um, that's a lot easier to swallow because then it's to the point where they eventually will extends advantage at it's going to be a lot more money so it's sort of putting money away for a rainy day so that when it comes time to take care of the important business they're still in a position to fill out other important parts of the roster and um for right now that it's you know see what ryan strom does the rest of the year and they're in a playoff race uh if he can help the cause great and reevaluate in the summer I love that that's your answer because my first thought was, well, shit, if Strom, if it's Strom, Panarin, and another year further down the line of development, Capo Caco, and KBZ, I don't hate that as a top six, but I'd like a lot better Panarin, Heedle, and Capo Caco, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I just think that would be a... a a closer thing, not only to a contender in terms of the actual skill uh, level that's there, but I also think that's kind of what I want to happen. Obviously, you know, the direction I hope the the team heads in. It's tough to like to me. Contender means you're one of let's say six teams that has a real chance of winning the cup, and I don't I don't think the Rangers are that team with or without Strom, um, you know, as that 2C. It's just, it's really hard to be a team that's that good, Tom. Like, the Rangers have a lot of question marks about what they're going to be next season that go far beyond Ryan Strom's role. Um, Obviously, what the hell happens in the goal crease and of course, obviously, how far along some of these kids come. You know, is Filipino really ready to be 2C? Is Capo Caco ready to be a second line winger? Um, is Jesper Foss still here? Is Anthony D'Angelo still here? It's tough to, um, to picture what the team will look like um, in, in the context of how close they'll be to being a contender. I, I just think the, the difference there is. I just don't think Ryan Strom is going to make a difference either way, really. I just think, with or without him, best case scenarios, it's tough to picture the Rangers already being a contender next year. As fun as it's been to watch the ride they were on before this uh, Kreider injury, they have a lot of work to do, particularly on the blue line. 
I'm glad you brought up Kreider because that's another thing. Like we've been talking, um, you know, weeks going back that the Rangers are already paying uh, an exorbitant amount of money for a top line left wing in Panarin, and how can they, you know, pay a, an amount for Kreider? So some way or another, you have to find a scenario where you are getting um, a discount in uh, production. So, like, it comes immediately in Heedle in, in place of Strom. Yep, and then you have Kako, and then it's going to become something that we talk about next year with uh, Buchnevich because he's going to need a new deal, although I think a new deal for him isn't as big of a jump. Um, but it's still, it's, it's balancing all of this, um, because while the cap space is going to open up, we're not realizing that by the time that it does open up, we're going to be so close to Adam Fox needing a new deal, Zabanajad needing a new deal, um, potentially, you know, Kako getting a proper deal off his ELC. So any little that they can scrounge and pinch, uh, you know, and keep uh, for a rainy day, it's going to benefit them in the long run. I agree. And that's uh, that's why I like the, the, the long view here. Like, you know, the meta view of this is let it be the kids. Um, and that's why I think I said in the flagship, like I've kind of reached the point where I wish they did just deal uh, Strom because I'd like them to create that opportunity. Um, you know, of course, there's nothing saying that if you know you kind of punt things. You have Ryan Strom for one year. You you say, all right, he'll take the job from Strom in training camp and etc. He does it, and then Ryan Strom as your third line center is not a bad bad situation to be in at all. Um, let's go on to the next one, Tom. This one's going to test our absolute zero um, experience with uh, medical study. Um, Justin Welsh wants to know uh, what's your over-under for how far the season gets before this happens? Before the playoffs, during the playoffs, or it just doesn't happen? This is from a Rick Westhead tweet which is, he spoke to Toronto infectious diseases physician Dr. Isaac Bogak about the coronavirus. He tells me as, as situation evolves, NHL, NBA and other leagues need to consider cancelling or postponing games or playing without spectators. Uh, I mean, I really don't know enough uh, about this to weigh in an opinion. Um, I you're, think th- you're not an expert medical. No, and I think it. I think it's something because I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, this, and um, it's it's really hard to gauge. I I think the best way I can answer this is that. They're going to consider everything. Um, they're monitoring where there's obviously um, widespread cases and where there's situations where you have people needing to be quarantined. Um, obviously, it's something that's important to keep in mind, um, as are things that happen every year, whether it's you know the flu, um, and we've seen this year so many cases of rangers being out of the lineup or under the weather because of the flu and even going back we saw a mumps outbreak in the nhl something you know i wouldn't think would be a thing um at the time um so it's my polite way of saying that i really don't have 
enough of knowledge to offer an opinion on this. Well, for me, the the fascinating thing here is, you know, when you have a problem like this, like an infectious disease, you know, that has the potential that the coronavirus has, you know, the common sense for people is you, you know, wash your hands and you avoid crowded areas with, you know, really dense populations. And sporting arenas, Tom, as you know, is a lot of people in a very tight space and you can be right on top of each other um you know and it's one of those things where people are having adult beverages maybe not practicing the best personal hygiene practices and men's rooms and ladies rooms and things of that ilk and uh you know especially you think of a city like madison square garden uh where we have a city like new york city i mean where we have madison square garden below you know i mean below it is penn station and you know how many people like how many different countries at any moment are in penn station in terms of people who were in a different country just a couple days ago and they're you know roaming around penn station so it is something to take into consideration will it happen before the playoffs during the playoffs or it doesn't happen i would lean towards it doesn't happen because i would imagine the NHL will do everything it can to uh, avoid this. But if it gets to the point where things like sporting events are, you know, being postponed or played without spectators, which I think is the more likely scenario, I think we'll have much bigger problems on our hands than worrying about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. If, if it does come to that, then there, there are bigger things we have to worry about. I know currently I believe there's a 2% mortality rate and it is the, you know, the elderly and the immuno system compromised, you know, people with immunodeficiencies or immune system disorders, um, you know, who we really have to look out for. And those people have to be extra vigilant and extra careful in this time. And of course, you know, I know there's recently reported in the city itself, um, and, you know, cases in multiple states now. Goes without saying, we hope everyone stays healthy. We hope everyone you know and love stays healthy just practice good common sense uh practice good personal hygiene and you know we'll see how things turn out uh obviously it's a super scary thing that can turn really really scary in a hurry but i'm leaning towards this is something where we just need more information and of course when things affect the world at large like this time they do impact sports directly uh, i know from the women's hockey world, uh, you know, the 2020 Women's World Championships, the IIHF Worlds, are coming up in Canada, and there's some speculation about, you know, does that get cancelled? And, you know, a couple of players on Team USA Women's National Team play in uh, China, uh, actually, um, in the Russian Women's League, the, the Shinskaya League, and they did go back to play their playoffs. Uh, Alex Carpenter and Megan Bozek among them so you know if it's it's really interesting and it will impact sports one way or another but at the end of the day i think we'll kind of get our answer based on those things that happen outside of sports well said um all right and justin also wanted us to make this a topic of a discussion which is nothing from snap boy steven uh, a good a great guy to follow on new york rangers twitter 
Uh, nothing unites Rangers fans more than the organization not wishing Henrik Lundqvist a happy birthday. Every tweet by the Rangers is full of comments regarding this. Um, do you think this is a big deal, Tom? Um, I mean, I saw someone tweet that this hasn't, this has sort of been a thing since 2017 that they haven't, that was the last time they wished him a happy birthday. So for all we know, Hank could be someone who just doesn't like celebrating their birthday. Um, but you like me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think everything with Hank at this point, it's, uh, like a third rail subject. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't need to tell you, you know, all the interpretation of, what Quinn says and oh is this a shot at Hank or oh he's not playing and oh he's the third string goalie so um I'm not surprised that there's the level of um groundswell and people being upset um but if this has sort of been a thing that we haven't noticed then maybe there's a reason behind it yeah I I just don't think it's if this happened if not all this, you know, if this was going on, obviously, like, I don't think anyone noticed this last year or the year before. So, you know, it's it just not a... It's only a thing because people make it a thing. I do think that what's going on with Henrik Lundqvist in general is a big deal. I don't think this is some some part of that. Like, I think we're getting a little towards the, uh, the tinfoil hats when, you know, we're like, oh, way to blow this one, Rangers. You don't, you know... You don't wish Hank a happy birthday. I think there's a lot more, a lot more going on um, than that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm totally biased and I just, I think birthdays are overrated, Tom. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I like that I share the same birthday as Matt Zuccarello. I thought that was pretty cool. I share the same birthday as Mark Stahl. Wow. Wow, Owen Wilson. Um, Tom, are you too are you too young to remember the movie Anaconda with Jennifer Lopez and John Voight and Ice Cube and Owen Wilson? I've heard of it, not seen it. I am not a a fan of snakes. Well, this is the perfect movie for you then. You have to watch it. I watched it again recently, and I gotta tell you, folks, I really do miss late nineties, two thousands random animal monster movies like Anaconda and Deep Blue Sea. They just, they tickle me pink with how awful they were in terms of presenting a realistic uh, look at dangerous predators and animals. Um, and our last question, Tom, from Eric Carlson. I just had foot surgery and I'm stuck on the couch for 30 days. Are you Chris Kreider, Eric Carlson? <laughs> uh, my plan is to try and binge all the Simpsons and play Switch. What would you do if in the same situation? Tom, you ever been KO'd? I'm going to knock on my desk right now. Yeah. I have never broken a bone. Um, That's going to change. So I've never had a... I would say the most serious injury I ever had was a, I had a concussion as a kid because I wore a... Um, a Batman Halloween costume and I slipped down the steps and went head first into a, a door. Um, but if I was in Eric Carlson's situation where I had foot surgery and I had to be on a couch for 30 days, um, I would probably try and get through the stack of books I have. I'd play some switch. 
Um, I would, you know, binge some things on Netflix. Um, and I would just eat a, a ton of pizza. It sounds like a plan. Do the, even though it wasn't real, the, um, the Papa John's, uh, 40 pizzas in 30 days pizza challenge. Yeah. See, I grew up as a super sick kid. Um, so I've had a bunch of surgeries. I've had an appendectomy and my gallbladder out, uh, a couple of other things. Um, I was one of those kids who constantly like miss school for long stretches, uh, because of getting sick with pneumonia or mono or whatever the hell it was. I think both of those things, but thankfully I've been a healthy strapping lad as an adult. Um, and back then I just did play a lot of video games, but honestly, when you're sick, it's, you're just miserable. When I sprained my ankle in college, I was just so busy with, with, you know, classwork that I, you know, I'm sure I just, you know, did a lot of studying and played a lot of video games. If I was in your situation now, Eric Carlson, at my age, I'd probably play, I would encourage you to play uh, Breath of the Wild if you have a Switch, and I only recently started binge-watching the Sopranos, um, and I don't know why it took me this long to get around to it, but I don't know. I would I would find a show that you've heard about for a long time and sink your teeth into it, like a, a highly acclaimed show. Because watching The Sopranos now, after all these years, I'm like, oh, I get it. I totally get why people were crazy about this. It's very good. Also, uh, I don't know. Um, learn a new hobby, practice craft, get into whittling or macrame. Yeah, you could learn a new skill, learn how to knit, make scarves and hats and blankets. That could be a thing. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think that's it for questions, Tom. Yeah, that's all that I see. Um, little light this week but you know it happens it's a post trade deadline so um yeah maybe next week we'll have more questions and you can always submit them hashtag battering points if you're a patron uh get those questions in there Um, i have a question for you sure what is more likely to happen that the hartford wolfpack reach the eastern conference finals of the AHL playoffs or that the Rangers make the NHL playoffs? Um, that's a really good question. I know it is. Some smart. I would like say it. Rangers making the playoffs. That's my pick because I feel that, uh, the pack have been in a bit of a rut lately. Um, and, I'm starting to wonder if they're a completely different team without Igor um, covering up a lot of stuff. And maybe it's also the potential of they're now without Joey Keane and they don't have Heedle anymore and they don't have Phil Giuseppe. So they're um, not as strong, although um, they could get Howden and uh, Gauthier uh, at some point. Um but yeah, I would say at this point, based on where everything is, 
I would go with uh, Rangers over Tom Baby Rangers. If I gave you only a wiffle bat, only a wiffle bat, and I locked you in a 20 by 20 square foot, so what is that? 400 square feet, I think? Math. I don't know. What's 20 times 20, Tom? 20, so yeah, that would be 400, right? Twenty so. t- yeah, twenty times ten is two hundred, and two hundred and two hundred is four hundred. I don't even want to check because I want if we got this wrong, I want people to, to mock us relentlessly. Um, well, that's not fun. I did just check. I was right. Mental math, power, power to me. Um, all you have is a wiffle bat. You're in a in a four hundred square foot room. You have to kill an adult sized panda bear. Do you do it, or do you do you elicit a response in the panda bear, reminding him of his predatory ancestors, uh, who which he inherited his tremendous claws and canines from? And does he does he lash back at you, and uh, and rip your face from your skull, and wear it upon his own face, and look through the door at the researchers studying this, and attempt to befuddle them, much like Hannibal Lecter. In Silence of the Lambs. Um, I don't think I could bring myself to... Uh, it's a terrible answer. Your life's on the line. you got to do it. I don't know. I, you if, do it or they drop 19 golden retriever puppies into, into an incinerator. I don't like how you're just sort of changing the stakes here to make me give like a, I an think answer. I would try to do it. I think the panda bear would get me. It would be really hard to kill it. I would I would pick up the bat and he would just knock it out of my hand and then I'm done for it. I would wait for him to go to sleep. That's my best chance for the son of a bitch. But why would he sleep if I'm in the same room as him? Because they're docile, Tom. I I don't I don't see this working out for me well. I would wait until he sleeps, and then, if I'm wearing shoes, I would take off my shoe my shoelaces. And I would try and just use it like, you know, just strangle him from behind when he falls asleep. And maybe simultaneously try to jam the wiffle bat down his windpipe. This is taking a turn. Do you know that they show pandas porn? Have I told you that before? No. They film pandas successfully having, like, successfully mating. And then to encourage them to mate in captivity. Because that's the only way they'll exist. Is they show them other pandas bang. They show pandas panda porn. I did not know that. This is what happens when you folks don't send in enough questions for the mailbag, by the way. I just assault Tom with stupidity. Tom, if you had to, could you eat another human being? They're already dead. They're already dead, though. Nope. I couldn't do it. Neither could I. I bet Joe could. And with that, we bid you adieu. Bye.